Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to I Work For Him today. As you listen to us, just know that as we prepare each show, it is our goal, and we pray often ahead of time. But today, honestly, Martha and I sat here and we talked, and we didn't pray before the show. <laughs> but we'll pray on the break. That's what we will. But we do, it is our intent that something that's said today on the air will cause you to dig deeper into your faith, cause you to dig deeper into connecting what you heard yesterday in the sermon with what you're doing in your nine to five. But maybe your nine to five looks a little differently. You know, maybe you're saying to yourself, boy, I'm ready to retire. Enjoy the good life. You know, the American dream, lazy walks in the sand, relaxing all the time. No phone calls, no emails, just me and my bride walking to the sunset. Wait a minute. Is that what God designed us to do? No way for crying out loud. God intends us to run to the finish of the race, to fight the good fight all the way to our last breath. Well, listen, I'm not an expert in this. I'm still, I'm only 50. I'm not even, I can't even consider retiring, but I got a couple of guys on the line today that are joining Martha and I that reached the finish line and decided that they weren't finished. We've got Hans Finzel and Rick Hicks. They wrote this great book Launch your encore, finding adventure and purpose later on in life. Hans and Rick, welcome to I Work For Him. They're happy to be with you. Do we got both of you on here? We got Hans in? No, we don't have, we don't. Okay, so who do I got? I got Rick or Hans? Who's on here first? You've got Rick. All right, Rick. No, we got, we got Hans. Yeah, well, it's my fault because I gave you both the same numbers just to see if you guys were paying attention and you weren't. So (laughs) it was my fault. All my fault. To my guests that are listening, I have just had one of those days. I just screwed it up. But oh, well, we're going to have fun today. Rick, as we're waiting for Hans to join us, I think Ace has got him on the line or he's chasing him down. Why don't you just share with us just a minute how would you like to see the Lord move in your life this year as he's shaping you and molding you into more of a, of a, a man that looks like Jesus? What would you like to see him do? Well, you know, that's a great question, because as we wrote this book on um, people, and you said you were 50, by the way, uh, this is a good time for you to start thinking about your encore. Mm-hmm. So when it comes, you'll be ready for it. Um, but uh, I'm in my encore, and it, it's interesting that, uh, and I'm not retired, by the way, uh, but as we get into the later years, we still have the same issues that we've always had in our spiritual walk. And whether we're retired or whether we're slowing down at work or uh, whatever, we still have the same issues. We have to listen to the Lord. We have to be 
open. Uh, we have to learn new things. And a lot of the things that I'm going through right now, it's interesting. I just spent the day with my son-in-law yesterday. Is a younger man. He's, he's asking some of the same questions I'm still asking. Uh, so I think as we move on uh, in our Christian walk, we just have to we just have to keep focused. We just have to keep listening to the Lord. And uh, sometimes the things he tells us at this stage are things that he told us in previous stages. And we just have to come around and, and, but Rick, and what, keep listening. But what is that for you this year? What is it that the Lord is asking you again that you haven't really dealt with yet that, that you said, Lord, this is the year I want to conquer this. This is the year I want you to do that in me. I don't know if I have anything I want to conquer, but the thing that I am focusing on this year spiritually that has been brought more to my attention um, is just to make sure that my time counts. I, I can let, I, I'm very active and I've got lots of stuff, but I don't always make my time count. Hans, I, I got to ask Rick that question. Hey, what would you like to see the Lord do in your life this year as he continues to shape you to be more like him? Hans, what's that answer for you? What would you love to see the Lord do in your life this year? Uh, uh, thanks for uh, having me on the show, by the way. And hi, Rick. Good to connect with you. Uh, yeah, Hans. I think uh, expand my horizons, make more impact on more people's lives. You know, that's my passion. Uh, is to help uh, impact more lives. So I'd say that's that's my burden for this year. Uh, kind of like what Rick said, I, I don't want to waste my time. I want my kind time to count, but what counts most to me is when I hear back from people I've spoken to at speaking engagements or people who read our books that, uh, hey, you had an impact on my life. That's That's what means most to me, and I want to do more of that this year. Well, and I hope for the two of you and for millions of Christ-following Americans that they get to read your book. Because, Rick, as you said in the beginning of the show, uh, you know, 50 is not too early to be contemplating this. Honestly, we are in our encore. We Both Martha and I, we owned a chain of insurance agencies and a used car dealership and, and did all of that. In the, and we read Halftime at 37. And at 37, we said, wait a minute. This is the life I'm heading on is not the life I'm supposed to be heading on. The Lord has something different in tune for me. I'm not going to be grow up and sell my insurance agencies, be rich and retire and play golf every day. No, the Lord wants me to run in the race. And so we started pursuing significance in the early 2000s. And the Lord led us to Christian Talk Radio about four years ago to talk about faith and work. So it's it, it's good to be on that race. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at 85 or 90. I will probably drop dead right behind this microphone. That's what it would be. <laughs> Um, maybe Martha doesn't like that idea. I'm not really sure about that. Okay. All right. So, but guys, as I read, you know, I read Proverbs uh, 16, 31. It says, a gray head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. But what about bald guys? That's what I want to know. I don't have any hair. So, you know, that was supposed to be. Now, listen, I read your book. You guys are both funny. You guys are like the click and clack of faith and work and retirement. Uh, and you, yeah, well, Rick still got some hair, but I don't, so I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't it say? What does it say about bald guys when they get old? I, I'm, I just, I just think that there's something missing there. Maybe Solomon had hair. I think in the Bible, God gives us the ability to relate, whether it's literal or not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, know. for older people, it's the gray hair that's growing out of their ears. That's the problem. Oh, that's that is the most horrible part about getting old. Why does God allow things to grow yeah, the hair? hair yeah. The hair's growing in all the wrong places. 
places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that true? all day without bringing that up. No, yeah. It's, yeah, really. I saw the Martha hears me complaining about it all the time. Hair in the ears. I know it's just disgusting talking about it. But it, seriously, as I read your book, and I enjoy, I love reading, and I really enjoyed reading your books because you guys did remind me of Click and Clack. You guys were like those two guys going back and forth in this book. And, and for those people that don't know who Click and Clack are, 40 years on, on uh, NPR, public radio, this car talk show. But they really rarely ever talked about cars. They mostly just made fun of people. Uh, and, but it had to do with cars. And, and But it was you guys were like that going back and forth as you figured out this adventure. Hey, I can't retire. Retire isn't even biblical. What should I do with this? So what did you learn about the Lord as you guys wrote this book? Hans, we'll start with you. Well, I learned how much he honors uh, old age. You know, when you're young, you don't appreciate old age, but as you get older, <laughs> your your perspective really changes. And as we looked in the Word to, uh, you know, I wrote the chapter on who does God say that I am, that I, as, as I get older, I, I was just kind of blown away at how much uh, the Bible honors uh, elder lessons, old age, when we get gray. Now, we live in a culture that worships youth, you know, especially the Western culture. But the Bible culture worships old age and honors old age. So that's that made me feel great uh, from the perspective of what God was teaching me in the journey of writing this book. Hey, you know what? I'm not done with you. I don't believe in retirement. I'm not going to put you on the shelf. In fact, when you're old, I have some real special work for you to do. And there's time, There's so many examples of that in the Scriptures. But really, if you look at our culture, both Hans and Rick, as you look at our culture, and Martha and I have been studying this for years, is that we have a serious issue in our culture, the American culture, because we have alienated the older from the younger, and we've done that through divorce, we've done that through um, spreading out all over the country, families are no longer anywhere near each other, and, and it's really started to damage how our younger kids grow up because they desperately need the wisdom of the older people. That's right. We segregate them into... 55-plus communities. Yes, we do. And in Sunday school classes, old people, the middle-aged people, That's and the young right. people. But the show today, we're talking with two, quote-unquote, should-be-retired guys, yet they're not retiring. They understand that retirement isn't biblical. It's all about this I-retire-for-him mentality. They wrote this book, Launch Your Encore, Finding Adventure and Purpose Later in Life. We've got Hans Finzel and Rick Hicks on the line. And ladies and gentlemen, I've got these guys on air because if you're listening and you're in your 30s, your 40s, and your 50s, you may have lived all of your life thinking that at 65 or 67 when you get Social Security or 68 when you do, that you're just going to you're gonna cash in and you're going to relax. But there's nothing biblical about that. And the church, we're, we're just encouraging the church to embrace the fact that biblical, biblically, we're not done until we're done. So Hans and Rick, as you guys wrote this book— uh, you know, Hans, I got to ask you what you learned about yourself. Rick, what did you learn about yourself when you wrote this book? Well, you know, I learned how to anticipate a little bit more of what God could do uh, in my life. And I've, and I've just I've learned that there are patterns of life. And when you uh, you talked about that you'd read halftime and that you've kind of now your second half is going to be more significant. Well, our book is actually not about the second half being significant. It's actually about the third half. <laughs> it's when you step away from that microphone, mm -hmm. uh, when you step away from whatever your main act was, 
um, what is it that's going to what is it that you're going to do in life, and how do you take all the wisdom, all the mistakes, your entire life bundled up, all the knowledge you have, and how do you use that with and for other people? Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned is that in this kind of third stage of life. Uh, that there are really still significant things, meaningful things that I can do, and it may not be related to my job at all. It may That's the encore part of it. Um, so I've just learned that uh, life actually isn't unfolding quite the way I thought it would, and I'm happy with the way it's unfolding. But there's a different pattern. That's kind of why we wrote the book. Oh, and I love that. And it, and it's good that we disagree to, to agree to disagree, so that's just fine with me. My question is, how long have you guys known each other? Oh, wow. I think over 20 years. Maybe uh, we met in the early 90s, so uh, going on 25 years, I think. So before this script was released, before this this book was released, did you have your wives approve of it? I mean, did they read through and go, hey. (laughs) When you you wrote that question to us, I had to laugh. (laughs) Uh, They are both really good editors so they both edited it and uh but it wasn't a matter of approval if you're saying did they agree with us Absolutely, <laughs> just check yes, just but. checking because i would you know i just you know because you guys lived right on the edge there you guys lived very transparently on your pages and i wanted to make sure that you know that your wives were were, were setting good examples here that your wives approved of what you said you know what uh a lot of wives when their husbands get older, you know what their greatest fear is? They're just going to come home and retire and do nothing. And drive and get, them crazy. And get in their way. And and so I would say our wives, I, Rick, I know you agree with about Kathy, but Donna is just thrilled that I have found a, a new career after I, quote, uh, finished up my main act career. So, yes, I think... Our wives are very enthusiastic about what we said in the book and the fact that we're pursuing an encore. Rick, you want to chime in on that, too? Yeah, I mean, in writing the book, it was a collaboration between Hans and I. But on my part, I'm an ideas guy and a research guy and a think kind of guy. But uh, but my writing skills are, you know, they, they I have issues. And so my wife really does a lot of my writing. He's, he's right about that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Hans is, Hans is actually a very good writer, and he's good at that. And, I just don't I'm have the, any ideas. I'm the research Rick's guy. The ideas so, guy. Um, my wife was was a, an incredible help, and so she is. And she, I, I get things inside my head, and she likes for me to get them out. And I, I've I've only written three books. Hans has written like twenty five or something. I don't know. And and uh, just my three books are big life stories that something I know about, and I just want to share because I think they'll help people. And so my wife is very excited for me to get those things out of my head. Well, so let me just ask you a question, Rick. Then when you, the church that you're in, I mean, you're living in what part of the country? Uh, California. Okay, so California. Sorry about that. Okay, so you're living in California, but that's good. We need to have Christians in California because we need, we need, there's got to be hope for the state. Yes. Okay. So Martha's getting ready to there throw things out. Here. There's, I know, I know. There's amazing Christians out there. It was supposed to be funny, and you guys both let it drop. Thanks a lot. I was trying to just have fun. Thanks a lot. Okay. So, Rick, the church that you're at, do they embrace this idea? Do they understand the message behind Launch Your Encore? Well, when I was writing it, I, I was I, I just moved back from Atlanta, so um, the church that I was in. Uh, and the ministry that I was a part of as well, uh, both embraced it, and I actually taught this stuff multiple times, and I continue to teach it. So, um, yeah, when when I was through this, it was there was great support, and uh, it was stuff that I'd been teaching, and it, it, it's an 
of really adding up and kind of uh, getting down into print all the stuff that I'd been teaching and sharing within my church and the ministry that I was a part of. But Hans, Hans, what about your church? Where, where, uh, which part of the country you live in? I live in Colorado, and okay. I would say absolutely not. Our church does not have a space for uh, th- those in, in this period of life, you know? And uh, it's all about the youth. It's all about young families. And, uh, yeah, so I think a lot. it's probably like a lot of churches. Uh, mm-hmm. We moved recently from another, about four years ago, from another church. But what are the, if you're listening to this show and you're involved in any church programs, the worst thing you can do for baby boomers is call them seniors. Or, you know, <laughs> we're going to have a class for prime timers or seniors. You know, come up with something better for a label, because uh, I don't know about you, but I hate being called a senior, and I don't want to be segregated like that. But yeah, our church really has nothing for uh, boomers who are getting older. Yeah, I, I know that we've experienced a lot in Florida, the fact that a lot of people move here and don't have family around and are very hungry for that connection to an older, wiser, um, caring, loving generation. And so Jim and I have a real passion to see that better connection between the ages and to mix it up a little. Yes, we all need friends in our age groups, but um, I love the idea of of looking at this stage, like you said, the third stage of life as an opportunity to connect with some of those other um, generations. Yeah, so the worst thing a church can do is just segregate all the ages. Mm -hmm. That's why I love topic-related Sunday school classes or teaching team, whatever you call them in Mm -hmm. your church, but don't, don't just segregate all the uh, ambassador class, you know, the, the elderly. <laughs> so, I ain't going there, I promise. So, so Rick, <laughs> Rick, now, are you still with Operation Mobilization? No. Rick, I am. Yeah, you are? Just, uh, okay. So, but you're no longer... As a matter of fact, I was just in Estonia uh, a few months ago. You just mentioned Estonia. I did. A lot of people open to the gospel in Estonia, and uh, yeah, I'm still with them, uh, as well as I'm the chief culture officer for private equity firm in Laguna Beach. So I kind of work in the private world and the business world, and I work in the ministry world. And But they're all, it's all ministry. Well, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So what prompted you guys to write this book? What was it that you saw that you said, holy smokes, we've got to write this book. People don't get this. Well, Hans, let me start, and then you... Yeah, go Hans, for it, Rick. I had one reason. I had a different... Uh, I I, uh, did my graduate work in developmental psychology, and I studied different stages of life back early in my 20s. And so when I was 20, I actually developmentally knew what was going to happen in my 30s. When I was in my 30s, I I knew what was going to happen in my 40s and 50s. But then when I was in my 50s, there's really not much written on what happens after you end um, your 50s and after you finish the workforce. There's just not much there. And I started doing some research, I started thinking, I started praying, and I realized that, that there, we have to kind of set the tone and set expectations for people when they're in their 60s and beyond. <clears throat> and when people retire or step out of their main act, is a wide range between 50 and 80 years of age, but there is this stage of life, and we'll get into it later about elder lessons, but there's a stage when 
uh, you're you're going to have to make some choices about whether you're going to really be active or whether you're going to kind of just sit back and, and let life happen to you. And so I wanted to write it to say, be prepared, because this could be one of the most awesome times of your life if you know it's coming and you're prepared for it. Hans, what about you? Well, Rick and I were both CEOs of big international nonprofits. That's how we became friends with the CEO Fellowship Group. And and when we both hit around 60 years of age, you know, you're very different when you're 60 than when you're 40. The things that really jazz you when you're 40 can bore you when you're 60. And we both felt like... You know, it's probably time for us to let go of all this authority and running this big international ministry, but we do not want to get out of the game. So we kind of together explored this, what became Encore. You know, what can we do next? Give up authority, but not impact. And so we just kind of decided as we go through this together, as we remake our next, you know, our third half of life, Let's let's write a book about it, as as we learn about it, as we do it ourselves, and you know I think Rick, you and I are both four years now into this new journey, and uh, that's that's kind of why we decided to write it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I love that summary. You were you wanted to give up authority; it no longer jazzed you, but you didn't want to give up impact, and, and that's that's what I'm seeing is that all of those people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s they desperately need people that are. Boomers, okay, I just, I'm just trying to be funny with you guys. Seniors, they need seniors in their lives. They need people, they need people that are, that are, have a lot more wisdom than them feeding into them. You know, people in their 60s and their 70s and their 80s who absolutely are, and 90s that are capable of feeding into people that, that impact is so desperately needed. And as you said, topical Sunday school classes or topical small groups or topical connection groups, whatever you call them, where you can intermix all of the ages. You get 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all in the same class. That's how. That's what generational impact used to be like when we all used to live in the same town together. And our culture is suffering because we're, we're missing it. Guys, yeah, we... Rick and I both have kind of a good situation. We're both roaming ambassadors of wisdom. And we love that role, and people actually listen to us, which is surprising. It is. Uh, but uh, that's a cool place to be. All right, we've got Hans Finzel and Rick Hicks on the line with us, and we're talking about their book, Launch Your Encore. And guys, I just I, I have to apologize. As, as Martha asked me a couple questions we got off the air, first of all, I know I launched the show acting like we've known each other all of our lives. I feel like I know you guys because I read your book. <laughs> you know, and, and it's it's very comfortable, and you guys shared so transparently. I really enjoyed it because you guys just you really lived out your struggle. Well, you're down for the struggle. You you lived out this struggle with no. I, I may be stepping into a different phase in my life, but I'm stepping into my encore. But I'm not I'm not done. And I love that it speaks to my spirit. I'm so grateful that you guys wrote this book. You've got so many friends that are struggling with this very issue, don't you? Yeah, thank you, Jim and Martha. appreciate that. You know, all of you that are listening, men or women, uh, there are a lot of people you're afraid of what's going to happen after you retire. A lot of people have to retire. You know, their company makes them, their career makes them, pilots have to quit flying, doctors have to quit doing surgery, whatever Mm -hmm. your profession, there's a lot of fear. And our book is for those people who are afraid about what is the answer to the question, what's next? Because did you know one of the biggest problems for men is depression after they retire? They sit around their house and they, they, we call it the bathrobe phase. You know, they... (laughs) 
and it's sad. And and we we have an answer for you if you're worried about what's next. Well, and and Rick, when you hear what Hans just said, it, it's so true. I've seen it in my own friends. I've seen it, and my friends are like, "Wait a minute!" But I'm not done just because I'm done with that job. But but how did you how did you deal with this? How are your friends dealing with this? Well, I've got a couple of friends that, uh, you know, as Hans was mentioning, some people uh, retire because they have to, or or at least they step out of their jobs because they have to. Some people can't wait to step out of their jobs. Um, <laughs> and so yeah. people are approaching this period of life in different ways. And what we're trying to say is, and what we're hearing from our friends, is that if you look at this and you're a little bit intentional about it, if you plan ahead, you're more likely to be able to find the meaning and purpose, uh, the adventure and purpose that we talk about in our book. So everybody's going to lose their job that they have right now at some point. You're either going to get fired or you're going to walk away happily or you're going to die, but everybody's going to lose their job. And so the question is, at the end of your life, if you can be a little bit intentional and if you can plan it and you can figure out what it is that you want to do in your world, how can you have an impact that's what we're saying in the book, and that's what we're hearing back from our friends. It's like, oh, I read this. I sorted out a plan. I have a pastor friend who was ready to retire. His congregation said, we love you, but it, it really is time to step down. And he read the book. We actually do a seminar on this thing. He came to the seminar, took about a year, and he just said, you know, I still like to teach. I like to preach. I like to get involved. And he got involved with a mission organization that is church-sponsored. And he's like this roving ambassador uh, for this mission organization. He's doing everything he loves, and he's not doing the stuff he didn't love. Um, and it's because he thought ahead, and he looked at this phase, and he actually planned for it. And by the time it was there, he was ready to do what God had called him to do. Well, and as you just described them, I and obviously, you know, that, that uh, development of psychology degree that you, that you got in your, your doctorate in development of psychology, you had to make up a name for this syndrome. You called it... Yes. Elder lessons. What do you mean by that? Go ahead, go ahead, Hans. Hans, you you tell me what Rick meant by elder lessons. <laughs> well, no, Rick, my question, Rick's we'll the uh, expert handle. on uh, life stages. I'd like him to answer that question. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll screw it up. Yeah. Remember, well, life stages. He's the idea guy. I'm the guy who puts it down on paper. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. the life stages. It used to be that there was like childhood, and then there was adulthood and there was old adulthood or whatever. But then back in like 1904, this guy named G. Stanley Hall, he's observed society and he realized we've got this whole new group of kids that are coming up and they're not kids and they're not adults. And they came up with this term adolescence. Well, we all know adolescence. That's a stage of life, a life development. And that's been around for, you know, 100 years or more. But now we're finding the same thing is happening with elders. It used to be that you would you would uh, retire when you're 65 and you would like die when you're 68 and it didn't matter what you did. But now people aren't dying at 68 or 78 or even 88. And there's like this 20, 30 year period after you retire. And there are so many of us out there that it's actually a new stage of life. And many of us are calling it elder lessons, like adolescence. It's a stage that Certain developmental tasks happen. We refer to those in the book and how to deal with them. 
Um, but it is a stage of life, and uh, there are a lot of us out there in that stage, and a lot of us can have a lot of impact if we're intentional. Well, and, and but if there's not the intentionality, you guys describe in the book really a dark side to this phase, the transition phase from, quote-unquote, the retirement to your encore. Some people really get stuck in the dark side. What is that all about? Because I, I know there's people out there listening. They may be, have parents in that dark side, or they may be in that dark side. But it's really important to understand that we're not supposed to stay there. Yeah, I, I'll take a crack at that. Um, again, a lot of, like Rick said, some people just cannot wait to retire, and then they get surprised after they've been home for, you know, a couple of months. They've done their honeydew list. they fixed everything broken around the house, and they figure out that just playing golf is not enough. Now, for a few people, it is enough. But for most people, they they start getting depressed, they don't even know why, but you just can't sit around and do nothing. I think man is and women are made to work and to, uh, like you say, I work for him to to be responsible. And so it's it's just a dark, depressing stage you go into because you're no longer valued by anybody. When you went to work, you know somebody needed you, and now it's like nobody needs me anymore. What? Who am I? And you go through an identity crisis. Again, not everybody, but for many people. Well, and and I've 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 already cat. I had a I have a buddy of mine who's just just hit sixty five, and he's on my show all the time with me. And and one day he goes, Jim, we just we need to we need to retire with intentionality and move into that as you guys call it, the encore phase. And, I, and he goes, I think you should call it. I retire for him, and it's <laughs> just just like I work for him. I retire for him. Same kind of deal, but this, with the whole mindset nope. that. We're going to do this with intentionality. I'm going to go into, maybe I don't need to make the big money anymore, but I still have so much to give. And I'm telling you, I've never met somebody who was 65 or older, quote-unquote retirement age, that didn't have something desperately needed to be fed into the next generation. The next generations are, they're deep, they're starving to death for what your generation has to offer. They just don't know it. Yeah. And, and hey, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I do a lot of public speaking and uh, to a younger crowds, and I'm always amazed at how much they want to hear what I have to say, and they listen to me. So if you're an older person, you think, you know, the oh, the young people, they're just going to ask Google. They're not going to ask me, <laughs> you know. It's not true. I find that young people... Uh, cherish the relationship mm -hmm. with older people. You're clearly not old yet because you said they're going to ask Google. If you're really old, you'd say they're going to ask the Google. So just so you know, <laughs> the Google. They ask the Go when you're over 80, you say you're going to ask the Google. Okay, but but Rick, you were wanting to say something. Yeah, uh, let me just on that dark side. We didn't invent this whole idea of the dark side and the light. By the way, this we got this from Henry Nowen, um, and he wrote a book called Aging. Uh, and it, and this was long before Star Wars and, you know, go to the light, go to the force. Um, but you get to a point in your life when you actually have to make a choice and there's a path. And if you go to the dark side, that's the bathrobe stage. That's the entitled. That's the kind of creepy aunt that never leaves her house and has a bunch of cats and, you know, nobody wants to see her and she's always complaining. And that's the dark side. You go there and you actually, you know, research shows that you're, you're not happy, your finances go away quicker, you end up dying quicker, versus going to the light where you're not uh, feeling entitled, but you actually want to have an impact still on society. And so you have to choose at a certain point which of those paths you're going to take. And it is a choice. And anyway, Henry Nowen was the guy that came up with that original thought, and we just expanded it into our thinking. 
So as someone our age is looking at, you know, that significance of going into the 60 to 80 window, um, what kind of questions should we be asking ourselves? Well, uh, I'll start by just saying you need to have a plan at every uh, sector of your life. And let's just start with finances, because that's a really, really important question at your stage. Are you setting yourself up to be well taken care of when you're in the 60-80 window? Because that'll make a huge difference in how you spend those years. Okay, so financial questions. Another another question is geography. You know, when your kids are grown and gone, like, you know, Rick is uh, one reason, uh, probably the biggest reason he moved to Southern California is because his, his daughter's there, his, his son-in-law and his, <laughs> his grandson. So, hey, what, mm-hmm. what's better than that? Uh, but you have to ask yourself the geographical question. You know, where where am I going to spend the later years of my life? For some people, it's a no-brainer. If, but if for other people, that's that's an important question, the geographical question, the health question. Am I taking good care of myself in terms of my health so that I will be active? You know, we're big fans of Dick Van Dyke, mm, and, and he wrote this amen. book, and it's Keep Moving. And in your 50s, you're setting patterns for your physical well-being and how you eat and your exercise and and your mobility. So that's just a couple of my ideas. Rick, you may want to add to that. Well, that's that sums it up well. You just you have to uh, oh, thank you. consider those things, <laughs> and, um, and if you do, you've got a better chance of hitting all the right notes. Well, we're talking today with Hans Finzel and Rick Hicks about their book, Launch Your Encore. And I've, I've had a hard time getting a word in edgewise. I'm kidding. This book is so, it's just a great book about understanding that the Lord isn't done with you just because you quote-unquote retire. Retirement is a man thing. It's not a biblical thing. Unless anybody listening to the show is a Levitical priest. If you're a Levitical priest, you get to stop doing the slaughtered part of your job, and you still get to serve in other spots. But the rest of you, biblical, there's nothing biblical about retirement. We need to live with intentionality, the I retire for him mentality. And these guys wrote a book. It could have been my book, but I'm not retired yet, so I can't really write this book. Launch your encore. And I want to thank Debbie from St. Pete for listening to I Work For Him, for calling and getting a copy of the book. Debbie, I hope that you really enjoy it. Guys, I, here's what I want to know. Okay, you guys, you're, you're fun. You guys have really lived vulnerably through this book. What did you screw up about this 60 to 80 window? What have you, what have you messed up? What decisions should you have made before you got here? Well, I would say um, I've worked for a missionary organization for the last 20 years, and uh, what I probably haven't prepared well enough for um, is the financial side of stepping down. Um, you know, when you work, when you live by support, you can't always uh, put away all the money you want because mm-hmm. you don't have enough to live on. Um, but I think a number of people that work in just the regular workaday job might say that same thing, preparing financially. It's a huge thing, and 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 that's I hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm going to have to work till I die. Some people say I'm going to work till I die because I want to. Others say I got to be a greeter at Walmart or I got to be a starter at a golf course. I I just can't afford to retire. Um, and I had a retirement expert once that told me he said when you do put away money, he said retire. And this from a biblical perspective, he said you know when you retire. 
um, you're not setting your money aside to retire so you can just go play golf and pick up shells on the beach. That would be fun, but after a couple of weeks, it gets boring. You're preparing your money so you can do the things you choose to do and still have an impact in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's why we set aside money. That's why we do that. But And I would say I could have done a better job of that. Um, Rick, in our last 30 seconds in this this segment, what, what kind of mistakes have you made? You're talking about me. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan Sorry. of passion and do what you love and love what you do. You might find my answer odd, but I wish I would have uh, launched my encore a couple years earlier. Uh, sometimes we're afraid to let go of our career when we're being drawn to the next stage, and I, I kind of wish I'd have done it a couple years earlier. Mm. I'd have been a couple years younger. But uh, other than that, I don't feel like I made any mistakes. So, of course, the first thing we want our listeners to do is to be intrigued enough to pick up a copy of this book. And I was just thinking... Um, a, a small group that already meets that is age segregated, if they read this book and they launch their encore in a biblical perspective, like mm-hmm. you guys are talking about, they will diversify. They they'll will break go up to, the group. They'll break up the group and they'll create a, a revolution within their own church. So I think that would be an exciting first step. But what other resources beyond the book have you guys produced? Hans, maybe you want to address that. Uh, well, if you go to our website, uh, launcherencore.com, you'll find a resources page where we, we do link to a number of other places. Um, and we have a seminar that we love to do in churches. So if any of you are in churches and you're listening and you'd say, wow, I'd like to bring these two guys in to do a seminar for our church, because we have a lot of people who are dealing with this Encore thing. Mm. That's another great uh, opportunity and possibility. Great. And so they can find out about that at your website, right? Launch yep, just your go to launcherencore.com, and there's a tab where you can contact us and uh, write us directly. We do have a sample uh, seminar content. It's like a day and a half. It's a Friday and Saturday kind of a workshop, and there's a sample outline of the workshop right there on our website, so you can kind of see what we do and how that would play out. So, yeah, and then you can just contact us, and we book way out, so you have to uh, contact us early if uh, you'd like to get us. Rick, one of the things I loved about the book is that throughout the book, you guys ton of scripture. There's just a ton of scripture all over throughout the book. It's just fantastic. How much has your faith impacted the writing of this book or been impacted by the writing of this book and the whole idea of launching your encore? Well, yeah, if we, I mean, it, it, everything that we do is based on our faith and that, that uh, God is calling us to something. And uh, as we look at the scriptures, I know you mentioned earlier Proverbs, and I, I, uh, I try to read through Proverbs every month. And so every Whatever day it is of the month, I read that proverb, and it's interesting. I've started underlining um, various verses that have to do with those of us that are in our encore years, and talking about the gray hair, talking about the wisdom of listening to people, uh, and, and there's just this whole description. Of course, it's all through Scripture. I, it just it's particularly um, clear there in Proverbs. So, uh, you know, we could write this book and not have a biblical basis for this, uh, but it would take, in my opinion, the real heart of it. The heart of it is that that uh, God knows who we are. He knows how long we're going to live. He knows what He's called us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think our faith is a, just an incredible part of it, and our belief in Scripture and that God leads our lives. So, um, it's, the, and it's to the book. 
We got about a minute left before we got to go. What is the greatest story you ever heard after somebody read this book and they opened up to the eye of elder lessons with we're living with intentionality in the 60 to 80 window? What's the greatest story you've heard? Mm-hmm. Okay, no, uh, good, no good stories. Have you, have you <laughs> go ahead, Rick. <laughs> well, I guess the, I I already shared it, so I'm going to because I just talked to the guy last week, uh, but about this guy who was a pastor who really was kind of getting somewhat depressed about what do I do when I step down from my church, and with the idea of reading this book, looking at these principles, we've got this chapter at the end that give you 19 mm-hmm. different ways that you can get involved, and as he looked at those things, he said. You know, I still have energy. I still have. I've still got a pastor's heart. I still got his knowledge. Uh, what do I do? And after reading that, particularly that last chapter, he came up with this idea of getting engaged. And uh, I get videos from him all over the world where he's going and offering his services, and he's continuing to volunteer uh, and being a part of it. So he's transformed his whole ministry uh, and he uh, at age over 60. So it was pretty exciting to hear him go through the process, have the questions, and on the other end, have a really impactful, meaningful life for the Lord. When you guys are starting a tidal wave of change in helping the boomer generation, what's left of the traditional generation, and the upcoming Generation Xers understand that we are to run to the end of the race. Hans Finzel, Rick Hicks, thanks so much for being on I Work For Him. Thanks so much for writing this book. You guys are my heroes. I'm so glad that you guys have done this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it very much. And if you're listening out there, please get in touch with us. If you like the book, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, go to uh, launcherencore.com. We'll do that. And thanks for listening to I Work For Him today. As we come to the end of a show, check out that website, launcherencore.com, launchyourencore.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.